You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast where we recap your favorite shows in 30-ish minutes every week. And I mean... I want to say it's been a crazy week. I feel like it's been a, I'm at peace with, with some things this week. Dorinda, we talked about that last week. She's gone. I'm okay with it after this episode. Beverly Hills is officially over. I'm okay with it after this terrible season. And you know what? If Potomac is the only franchise we have, I'd love for New Jersey to be in there too. But I feel like I could survive on Potomac. Oh, I could totally survive on Potomac after this last week's episode or the episode, sorry, not last week, this past Sunday. I mean, I hadn't laughed so much in a Housewives episode in a while. It was just very entertaining from start to finish. Plus, there was drama. There's so many memeable moments from that episode, too. I just loved it. I loved it. I really hope the rest of the season continues to live up because this is like, what, episode five or six, somewhere around there. So... If if this is like a 20 episode season or somewhere in that range, we've hopefully there's a lot more good left. Um, I'm excited. Also, I just want to put it out there. I watched it twice already. So I watched it Sunday night. I was kind of tired, and but I wanted to just watch it to watch it. And then I watched it again Monday to take notes on it so we could discuss it on the podcast. I highly recommend going back and watching this episode again. There are things I missed that like I was just – rolling, just laughing so hard on the floor at some of these things. So um, let's start off, though, with I think the universal thing that is going to bond all of Bravo together 2020. It's been a rough year for Bravo. We've had a lot of polarizing moments and firings. But the one thing we can all agree on, Michael Darby is a trash human being. Oh, he's a piece of shit. I... I, the only thing I can think of, of Ashley being with him is either they have some sort of an arrangement. I think we talked about this. My mom brain's kicking in right now. They have some sort of arrangement or she's getting enough money from him. I don't get it. But if a man were to tell me the baby is too young and needs to be with their mother or whatever the fuck he made up and said, I would be like, fuck you. I'm leaving. Good luck. <laughs> he, he didn't even ask her. He was like, oh, are you going to bring the baby? He's like, you're bringing the baby. And you're bringing the baby because it's the right thing to do at this age. A baby needs to be with his mom. It's like, why doesn't a baby need to be with his dad, dumbass? Like, you're half of this baby's DNA, too. Honestly, if my husband would have said that to me, one, I would have, like, met with a lawyer quickly. But two – I'd be like, oh, I've just found out. I can't bring the nanny. She's busy. The baby's staying with you, and now the trip is a week long. Best of luck. Like, 
what a jerk. I just can't believe there's men out there who like prescribe to this, like the mom has to be glued to the baby for the first year of its life. Oh, absolutely. And I bet he hasn't changed the baby's diaper. I bet that's all of a sudden like her duty too. He just pegs me as, he was just very misogynistic in how he spoke to her. And she didn't seem bothered by it, which is a little troubling to me because if someone spoke to me like that, I would be like, wait, what? Like, like you said, the lawyer would be on speed dial or I'd be, you know, finding a lawyer right then and there. But it was just very um, shady. And as we eventually learn, I guess we know what he was doing. Yeah, there's been so many memes. It's like, Ashley, you have to take the baby because I'm going to hook up with strippers this weekend. Like he pushed so hard to get that baby out of there so he could go be. I want to know. It has not been confirmed. Do you think these are female strippers or male strippers? I feel like the video clip that I have seen, it was a female. I feel like there's a male in there somewhere. I don't know why. I just, I mean, we all know that he, I think he's fluid. I think he's attracted to men and women. I think he's an Um, equal opportunist. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think, yeah. And so anyway, um, I agree though. I think Ashley, honestly, I think she's with him for his money. If you look at it too, it's benefited her family. I know that she's somewhat like put her mom on a little bit more of like a plan and cut her off because of the boyfriend and stuff in the past. But Michael's success uh, and Ashley now is part of that with this, the, you know, I guess somewhat being part of the restaurant, although I'm sure it's not doing great right now with COVID. I think, though, she realizes that, like, that is supporting her mom and her brother. I think the restaurant cl- – did one of his restaurant close? Does one of them one? closed. He has a – yeah, he's – well, he's opened several. I think – I don't know if he's actively involved in them or not. I believe, though, he still has, like, ownership. Um, like, he's invested in several because she'll post a lot about – um she posted something like it's almost as if the government wants all the restaurants to close. Like Got she'll it. post stuff like that. Uh, but yeah. So Michael sucks. Everyone agrees with that. I don't think there was a single person. We posted a meme that was, you know, that guy like drinking coffee. That's like changed my mind and no one even attempted to. So I think universally we can all bond over this. The only person that would is Davina. Oh my God. <laughs> Davina be like, we haven't heard his side of the story. There is another there's another point of view we are missing. And then she would say something to Ashley about like, what did you do that made him go to strippers? Like that's yeah. how Davina would word it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And she'd be like, and shouldn't you be with your baby? She would throw in yeah. some mom. mom For those shaming. who don't know what we're talking about, Davina is on Selling Sunset. And I honestly don't think she's that awful of a human being because I feel like if you're that uh, aggressively like – mean and vindictive you don't really care what other people think about you you almost get like a like you enjoy getting a rise out of people she deletes any negative comments about herself so i think she just wants to be on the show and that's why she's so mean but she can't handle like the backlash but we'll save that for another day uh anyway though so now we're getting ready for the lake house we're going to monique's lake house and while we have a, a wonderful T'Challa moment where Giselle's kind of like, oh, where's this bird? I love that everyone is not on board with this bird. I think the only person who likes T'Challa is Monique. I don't even think Monique's family has embraced T'Challa. <laughs> T'Challa is the best new addition of any cast <laughs> that I've ever seen because so much entertainment has come from T'Challa. But, so much. Yeah. So T'Challa, of course, is coming on this girl's lake trip. I mean, T'Challa is a full-time housewife. Like, it is unreal how important T'Challa is. 
And they're like getting ready. And then Karen arrives and Karen is riding with Monique and Giselle to the lake house. And Karen talks about how horrible Giselle is at dressing, which no one's going to argue that. My favorite part is that production then does like a montage of like three or four clips of just like horrible shit that Karen said about Giselle's wardrobe. I think there's probably like an hour's worth of footage. I have a feeling that Karen just loves making fun of Giselle's outfits. Oh, how could you not? I love that she's like, she's lucky she's so beautiful because, you know, everything she wears is awful. I can't wait. I really, really hope that we get Karen Huger's take on the decor. Who do you think is a better backhanded compliment? Ramona Singer or Karen Huger? Oh, Karen. Yeah, I love that. She's like, you're lucky you're beautiful. So what's going to happen when this gets brought up on the reunion? And Giselle's like, you made fun of how I dress and all this. She's going to say, but I called you beautiful. I said you're a beautiful person. You you should take that. You should, you know, you should say thank you. Oh. And that's why we love Karen. So and, funny. And then what is a girl's trip without a bird attack? <laughs> that bird attack was amazing t'challa felt i don't know if that's what triggered wendy to go after ashley but t'challa sends something from wendy and was like get that energy out of here i'm gonna attack you bitch and went for it it was so funny i've watched that scene so many times i love also looking at the other women's faces because it's hilarious it's just and then reality guy, I think I shared I shared this to our stories. He did a meme with Moira Rose oh my with that birds. It was hilarious. It's so funny. So it, funny. That like when you see moments like that, you're like, oh my gosh. Like there are some people that just their talent is unbelievable. Like to tie that to the the crows have eyes. I I lost it. That was like the blending of two of my favorite things. But so T'Challa's efforts fail. I think you're right. I think T'Challa sensed an, a bad energy was coming and was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to scare it out of Wendy. And instead it ignited her, it made her even more pissed off. And so she sees Ashley walk in the door holding baby Dean. And let's like, you know, keep in mind, Wendy and Ashley aren't very close. They are just now meeting. They met like a couple weeks ago. Like they did not know each other before the show. Uh, Wendy did briefly no Karen from being on the board, even though Karen acts like she doesn't know who she is. Uh, but really what brought Wendy into the group was Candace. And so Ashley walks in holding baby Dean and you can just see Wendy's face. She's like, Ashley, Ashley. And she's like, I can't be away from him, Ashley. And it is like, all of a sudden it's like this emotion. I think felt like it was more of an emotional response than an anger. And she just gets so upset talking about, all that she had to do in order to be here. And I don't minimize that at all. I think, you know, as a mom with, I would say any baby under the age of one, if you're breastfeeding, it it takes a lot just to leave to go to lunch with friends. You've got to pump. You got to think about, do I need a pump in the car? Mm -hmm. You got to keep like on a girl's weekend, you know, Wendy was like, I've been pumping every two hours, but I just felt like it wasn't fair that all of that energy is pushed on a new mom. And Wendy kept saying she's a new mom. I'm like, you're not a new mom. You're a mom to a newborn, like a new baby. But like Ashley truly is a new mom. Wendy has three. Uh, so I just, I felt like it really, like it, I just felt like it wasn't fair. And I really wish Wendy would have instead supported her and be like, Hey, next trip, you need to go without the baby. And here's why. And I'm going to be there to help you. But like, 
it was just such an attack. It was super aggressive. And I think why she kept getting hung up about the new mom thing. And I, I think her delivery was all wrong. And she's backpedaling now since the episode has aired. But I think her experience in the NICU, it doesn't matter. She's right. It doesn't matter if it's your first, second. Like that experience is very unique. And there's a lot of stress that comes in with that situation. I think had she shared where she was coming from there saying, hey, I wasn't be able to be with my baby. Or I think she, uh, from what I shared, she stayed with at the hospital with her baby for as much as she can saying, I, I couldn't take my baby home. And now she's home. And I, it's really hard for me to leave her because of what that, the emotions that bring that come from that experience. I think had she gone that way and been a little bit more vulnerable, it would have come from a better place. So I think she was definitely triggered. And Wendy, and watching how she later attacks Ashley, I think she has a hard time being vulnerable and being honest and kind of exposing her emotions because she's this tough lawyer, multiple degrees, a political commentator. She like really prides herself in looking strong all the time. I have a feeling it's probably really hard for her to look. And it's not even weak, but just vulnerable. I think she's also really stubborn and will never admit she's wrong. I mean, really all she said about like later her apology that she posted when the episode aired was more, it was about her delivery. I think it was still what she said. Like I think saying to a new mom, no, you need to be without your baby. I I still think that wasn't like, that's not even delivery. That's like the actual words coming out of your mouth. So I think it's a mix of, yeah, that wouldn't be vulnerable I think she's very stubborn. I think, she, you know, Butch, I think somebody who's, you know, a lawyer and has a, you know, a background in politics, it's all about like defending your position right now and debating. So she probably is just used to that type of dialogue. And also at the end of the day, these women don't know her very well. Like, I don't know if majority of the women knew that, she, that her daughter was in the NICU. Because even for us, we didn't see it in that episode. We didn't see it. We hadn't seen it yet. All she talked about was that she had two crazy boys and, you know, she wanted a calm baby and she got a daughter. So I feel like if that's the what you portray to people, it then is hard for them to, like, be surprised that it was that hard to leave. Not that it's like anyone's surprised it's hard to leave a baby, but like that extra emotion to it. And I wish she would have used an opportunity, like like you said, to to open up to the women. Because, I mean, honestly, I I wish I'm shocked that there are quite a few people on Wendy's side. Well, I think a lot of that is, I feel like people are mad. I think that I would think people need to realize, don't be mad at Ashley, be mad at Michael. Yeah. (laughs) Because he put her in a shitty position. She clearly, and yes, she is her own person and she decided to still bring baby Dean, but yet he put her in a very difficult position and wasn't a supportive spouse. And considering she has talked about a little bit about either postpartum depression or anxiety, I'm sure. And she's Dean at that point is probably like what, three, four months old. Yeah. It's probably still riding high on the changes that are still going on with her body and her new normal. So I also think that she could have, um, I think people, uh, I lost my train. Oh my God. This is new mom brain in action, you guys. Please, I mean, this is me rambling, forgetting what point I'm gonna make because I'm sleep deprived and being a new being a mom to a newborn is hard. It's 
what I was I think saying. what you're trying to say is that like everybody was quick to be team Wendy because they disagree with they, they disagree that baby Dean was there. And I do agree. I think Ashley should have had a week in a way. I think she wanted a week in a way. I think Michael didn't let her have one. So she turned it into a, I don't want to be away from my baby. Uh, and I doubt Wendy knew any of that though. So I, I get your point. Like, I think the argument isn't, are you team Wendy or team bring baby, like leave baby Dean at home? It's, it's, are you team Wendy from what she said to Ashley? Um, Yes, and, and thank then, you. I mean, yeah. And then the fight continued, though. And that was the thing that kind of surprised me is like, I thought, and this is one thing, like, I really like Wendy and I want her to work out because I think her husband is so hot and I don't want him ripped away from me. But she didn't really let it go. And I feel like the Potomac way is when there's something, you talk about it and, and you, you, the group is all there. It's got to be aired out into the open and then you move on. And like, I mean, some of these women have had to have very uncomfortable conversations and they still can be friends. The biggest, you know, example of that would be Karen looking Giselle in the eyes and saying, you had a man who cheated on you as children with other women and now you're back with him. What is that like? (laughs) If those two can calmly have that conversation Wendy's going to have to learn to let it go or she's not going to make it on this franchise. Oh, not at all. And I mean, check, 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 check. She yeah. needs to, <laughs> it brought me back to clip, clip. I know. That I think check, check, energy. check is better than clip. I enjoyed clip, but I think it's been so played out that check, 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 yeah, check. That's check, true. check, 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 check. It was um, welcomed. But that fight was, yeah, it was unnecessary. And even when Robin was trying to be a mediator in that situation, it's like, okay, Take away Ashley. I don't think Wendy likes Ashley pre-baby or not. I don't think Wendy likes Ashley. But Robin's like, if this was me, would you apologize? And the fact that she wouldn't back down from that, I'm like, okay, Wendy, you're dying on a sword here. And I don't think this is worth dying on. Yeah. And I think even all the women were like, all you need to say is – and like I think Candace was trying to help her. Like she said she her delivery wasn't great. Like she still didn't say she would apologize. Like So that I think that's like the big thing. Women in Potomac, unlike other franchises, say they're sorry. They move on. They find new drama. Like, it doesn't mean you're done with that person forever. But you you try to let that go. Uh, but, I mean, guys, we had – so we had a bird attack. We had a fight. We had talking about baby mamas and getting back with your cheating husband. This, Oh, like, yeah. We that- forgot about that. And then even Candace talking to Giselle about – Oh, wait, yes. that hasn't happened yet. Or did that happen? No, it did happen. There's so so much. Candace, yeah, Candace like went to the guest house and kind of resolved things with Giselle. She said she was sorry. Wendy, take a note. And they get they hugged. Uh, I actually thought it was kind of funny because she was like trying to get closer. And Giselle was like, okay, uh, what are you doing? Also, this is really random, but I don't know why. When people say good morning, it is my favorite thing in the world because anytime someone says good morning – you just you can't say it and not like kind of bob your head and be in a good mood. And Giselle does that. I just love her little like expressions and like phrases she says. Uh, I'm just putting that out there. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, they they move past there. They to use the Bravo Con term, they squashed that beef, and that's all in one episode. And we still haven't even gotten to the stripper. Like this lake house trip is like the mini trip before they go on their big trip. And I guys like. I, 
if you're not watching Potomac, message us and tell us why you haven't started watching yet. Because I feel like we've converted so many people. And we were converts too, like converts too. We weren't on Potomac at first because there used to be too much Bravo to watch. And now there's nothing. Oh, it's we're all about it. And again, there's so many moments, all the ones that you mentioned. I also enjoyed calling out Candace on her nose job that she may or may not have had that Giselle so <laughs> oh casually God, asked. Yes. Then Candace also pulling the butter knife to check her teeth while they're, the fight's going on. There's just so much. I, like I say eye candy in the context of like <laughs> Bravo eye candy that I can't get enough of, of things that I want to devour because it's so fucking good. Ear and eye candy. So, and you know what? On Potomac, you don't have to worry about Karen from Human Resources. No. I will say, as much as you're happy with Dorinda being gone, watching this episode with it being her birthday, the Karen from Human Resources, I did start to feel a little sad. I am at peace with it. I think she's going to end it on a high note. Here's my thing, too. Like, it's not that I dislike Dorinda. Like, I've had a few people be like, I thought you'd be heartbroken. She's leaving. I think she needs to take this break. I think she needs to figure her shit out. I don't think she grieved her husband. I think she has a lot of anger. I think it comes out when she's drinking. I don't necessarily think she's an alcoholic. I just think that's like her, one of her coping mechanisms and then everything comes out. I loved her in the beginning. I think she is very much good TV. I just want her to take a little bit of a break, get back to that old Dorinda. Like to think that we might not ever see Bluestone Manor on our television again, breaks my heart. Uh, and she is funny, but then like she couldn't let it go that the party people were wearing quote street clothes. Like, yeah, she made her joke about being caring from human resources, but then just like, let it go. Like she just kept like, she couldn't get over that people don't dress like how she does. Well, and it's also like Dorinda, you're fucking how many years older than these? Everyone there. Yeah. And also just like lighten up, like who cares? I, it's also a party and probably like the most realistic view of New York City that we've seen in an episode. It wasn't a womb, a room full of 50 plus white women. <laughs> there's yeah. diversity. There's all sorts of different mixes and groups of people, which New York is a melting pot. So I, yeah, Dorinda, over-exaggerated there. I think too, so this is why I will always be Team Sonia. Just look at this episode. Dorinda walks in. I can't believe that people are in jeans. They're not wearing a blazer. This is street clothes. Sonia walks in wearing like a not street clothes. Like she is like she is going to an Upper East Side party and she is having the time of her life. She looks at, oh my gosh, so many hot guys. She's flirting. She's sitting on people's laps. At one point, this guy said, like, she says he's drinking Captain Morgan or he had Captain Morgan. She's like, oh, well, I'm Lady Morgan. Like, I mean, she just, this is why I love Sonia. I think if Ramona or Dorinda could have a little bit of that, it would be, I would love her. I, and I would never want her to leave. Like, she just, she needs to be a little bit more like Sonia. Sonia is me when I go back to college. Yeah. And go to a, goes to the college bar. It's like Except you don't go to the hot guys. This is I go to Vanessa. the girl. Well, Vanessa, like, that sounds so bad. Vanessa doesn't sound bad. She's not like, I mean, even if Vanessa wanted to, we would fully support it. And I, I say if you realize at almost 35 years old you're into women, I'm I will always be your wing woman. But Vanessa's move is she finds like the most beautiful college girls that are like 20 and just wants to talk to them and hear about their boyfriends and then lets them know why they either need to dump them or how they should handle their life problems. Like, I think you love being 
like the relationship whisperer at college bars. Yes. I love helping the Young girl love. in the bathroom, the girl in the bathroom who's crying. I want to lift them up and tell them you can come out on the other side. Let's take a shot of shitty tequila and we'll have a good time. But Sonia, her energy that she brought to that party was me every time I go um, to a college bar. I, I just was so, she's so happy. Loved how she said hot guys everywhere. It was just classic Sonia and why I will forever stand Sonia. Yeah. I mean, like I, I just, her approach to that, I just, it was uh, unbelievable. She's, she's one of a kind. Well, Elise then, comes back. I was saying, and then Elise, talk about one of a kind. So Elise comes in, it was almost like guns blazing. Like she knew Ramona was going to be there and she wanted to have a talk. Now, prior to this, like, like Ramona basically is telling people that she's not friends with Elise anymore. And of course, Elise is going to find out because if you, your circle of friends is 50 women, you tell three of them, all 50 know. Like, come on, Ramona. You built this circle. You know how it operates. And it was like Ramona just wasn't having it. I wish it would have shown more off-air drama between those two because it feels like – I know Ramona is saying like, oh, it's because like she got into my circle of friends. I don't really understand what Ramona is truly upset about. Um, that she's with the women or maybe she feels like what she really feels is she's become TV hungry or something of that nature. But I almost wish she would break the fourth wall and would just say that to Elise. But I will say watching Elise saying, calling Ramona a duplicitous, nefarious, narcissistic, superficial bitch is a next level insult that I've ever seen on Housewives. I don't even know what duplicitous means, but I like it. A lot of big start. words. It was like a Dawson's yeah. Creek, Dawson yeah. type level insult. <laughs> it was it was good. Uh, and then, yeah, Ramona just storms off. That's it. And her horrible jeans that she loves. I don't even know if I'd call them jeans. They look like the pleather pants, pleather pants that all of us wore in middle school. If you were born around like 1983 to 88, you know what I'm talking about. I wear pants like that, except they were flare to a Hanson concert. They were pink. Yeah. Leather. And were you in like sixth, seventh, or eighth grade? Um, I might have been eighth. <laughs> I might have been a little no, older. It was last year, Abby. Back off. Yeah. Eighth or ninth grade. I think it was but ninth Nessa, grade. I, we have to, we're going off tangent a lot, but I don't think people understand your love and obsession for Hanson that is still just as strong today as it was when you were 11 years it's old. It's not anymore. I actually unfollowed them. What? Why? Yeah. This is breaking news. This is breaking news. Okay, so quick backstory. I was the ultimate teeny bopper in middle school. Die hard Hanson fan from like the ages of 11 to 15. Thought I was going to be Mary Taylor Hanson. Met them a couple of times, even did like a teeny, it sounds so, it sounds, it is creepy. <laughs> found out like where their hotel, hotel. Yeah. like found out where their hotel was and hung out in the lobby and met them. And yeah, so I was super, super diehard. It was one of some of the most fun that I had, like pure joy of my youth. Well, I unfollowed them because of how they handled Black Lives Matter. Matter. Oh, that's, I mean... It's a shame that that's what tore you guys apart because I know, I it was one them. of your like longest running relationships in your life. Yeah. Zach Hansen, I don't even remember all the things. It's not even like worth repeating. I'm sure I like didn't even go- know. That. But you know what? They're so like, don't take this the wrong way, V. 
they're so not on anyone else's radar that like I don't even like I didn't even hear that they made a statement about Black Lives Matter. But it I, was, you know, yeah, it was when like, all that happened. I wasn't like I wonder what Hanson thinks about. Well, this. Like, no, <laughs> no one's thinking that. No one is thinking that. Um, they just got a lot of heat for not making a statement, and then there's like something else that kind of came. Uh, oh, I'm gonna and, go dive deep into. No, this. I feel like I'll have to send you a link where you have to read all about this. Oh um, and then Zach is like apparently a big gun. Um, yeah, it's just there's a lot there. It's a lot. Where I'm not gonna go down this spiral on this podcast. You know, I'm gonna send okay. you a link right now. Yeah, V, it happens. You know, I thought I was gonna marry Jonathan Taylor Thomas because we had the same birthday. I loved Home Improvement. I thought he was amazing. I honestly thought he was gonna be like. Like win an EGOT because like he did like Lion King <laughs> wow. and he could act like I had big hopes and dreams. for what I was and dreams for a JTT. And like it's never been confirmed, but like it's like 90% confirmed that he's gay. So like we all, you know, we all miss the mark and it happens and it's okay. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. No, my love for Hanson is officially it's nostalgic in there, but nope. I you know what? Him. Maybe you pack away. You put that in a little box of just a memory in your head of middle school, and then also take those pleather pants and make sure that those go to Goodwill because no one should be wearing those right now, including Ramona Singer. No, not at all. Not at all. What's your take at this birthday dinner? Okay. Couple of couple of hot takes. I think it's great that John was there. Ramona was like, why is John there? You're giving him mixed signals. She said to him, you are part of my family. You will always have a seat at my table, which is the most like mafia thing ever. <laughs> like I just was like, okay. But I think like I think he gets it. I think he knows they're broken up and I think he's sad about it. But it's like if I can't have you as like a like a love person in my life, I, I want to at least have you as a friend. And I get that. Like I don't have any exes that I'm close friends with, but I know of people who have. And it is kind of like I think it is when you have – a relationship at a pivotal time. Like she was his first boy, like he was her first boyfriend after her husband tragically passed away. So, and you know, he was different. He was refreshing. I I totally get it. I think it's fine that he was there. I also don't think it was fair that people were attacking Luann for singing to Dorinda when Dorinda told her to sing. She said, I hope you have your happy birthday voice ready. Dorinda's montage of that too, of once Luann started saying happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> like I mean, she thought she was Marilyn Monroe, but you know what? We all do when we've had a few. Oh my God. And like at the toast that she was giving. The thing is too, Lou was coming from a good place. Yes. <laughs> like pure good place. It just lingered on a little too long. It's like a hug. Some hugs, you got to time it just right. You can't have a hug when it lingers past the 60-second mark. It's a little too long. And you're like, okay. You've had a 60-second hug in your life? I don't know. Probably. 60 seconds was the first number that came to my mind. But that seems – That's a, a very, very – That's a very long <laughs> – Okay. When it's safe again, we're going to hug and time it for 60 seconds. That feels very long. Okay. Maybe not 60 <laughs> yeah. seconds. Let's say 15. I like it. I like it. But anyway, better. yeah. No, I get it. it. But at the end of the day, like this is why I love Roni though. Like we have – we see just different pieces of everyone's life. We see parts of their personality. I also don't want to forget, and you made a note about this too, and I loved it. Luann's writing a book unlike um, Aviva. She's owning that she's going to have a ghostwriter because she – like she's not a writer. You know, she's not a writer girl. And she's talking about 
Like, I didn't realize her dad was in jail. I knew she grew up from, like, humble beginnings. But I thought that meant, like, for those of us in the Midwest, like, if we ever became famous, people would probably say, like, I grew up in humble beginnings because, you know, we didn't have a vacation home. And, like, we lived, like, 60% of the population. But I just didn't realize that Luann really grew up, one, that poor, and two, that her I didn't I had no idea about the struggles with her dad. No, I didn't. And we've Luann's been on our screens for 12 seasons and we've never heard her talk that much. I actually, as someone who's coming around on Luann and liking her more and more, because it's 2020 and shit's going down, but I would like to see more of that. I think it's I like to see more of that women's past. And even when Ramona had opened up about her past and things like that, I just think it's, it makes them more human. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I loved it. I wanted to see more of it. All right. The reunion looks amazing. Oh, the reunion looks unbelievable. Tinsley comes back. I think everyone gets a little bit of what they deserve. I kind of have a feeling the only person who probably doesn't have a rough reunion is going to be, I think, (laughs) well, I think Tinsley, I think Tinsley, Tinsley's going to get yelled at a lot by Dorinda, but I think everyone, I think for the most part, Dorinda, Ramona, and I I do think Tinsley's going to get quite a bit of it from Dorinda. So that's like getting it from five people. But I think like Luann, Sonia, and Leah might not have that bad of a reunion. No, I can't wait though. I really cannot wait. I'm dying. I'm, I never thought I'd be excited about an in-person reunion. <laughs> I love the reunions, but I also think they drag them on. I can't wait. I'm glad. I'm so glad this is in person. I love that the masks are like fashionable. I mean, it's you guys like it's so 2020 and I'm here for it. The only thing I'm not here for though is Beverly Hills. I'm so happy Beverly Hills is done. Like I made a note that says all that really matters about this entire episode was who told you and oh, you're so angry. Wow, I mean, other than so angry, Denise. So angry. That too felt so staged. She walked in and like water was waiting for her. She's like, Do you want water? And she's like, Yeah. She's like, Well, here it is. And I'm like, <laughs> Wait, who just like when you are, I know you're coming to my house in five minutes. I don't think I'm going to have a glass of water waiting for her, but maybe I'm not a good host. I don't know. What did you think about the episode? <sighs> yeah. I mean, this season's been really lackluster. We're not fans aside from just new additions of Garcelle and Sutton. The only other thing aside from the last, the so drama- soap opera last five minutes that was super dramatic, maybe staged, but delivered, that I enjoyed was seeing the fourth wall be broken with Denise not showing up and then the producers talking to Garcelle and then them talking about it at lunch or what drinks or whatever it was like I like that the fourth wall is broken like I feel like it's welcomed and it's refreshing for Beverly Hills it makes it feel kind of real but yeah I'm just kind of done with it I don't care about the Denise drama I think we said this last week we're team Denise but I think she lied I mean she clearly lied about a couple other things um but I don't really get Rena I don't understand why Rena's going after her so hard I, I feel the same way. I also can't figure Rena out this season. And usually I love Rena and she's so transparent. But it's like, she's like, I really miss you, Denise. I really do. It's like, do you really want this friendship? Because then you act like you don't. Like, that's the one thing. Like, I just, I guess Rena maybe has been kind of two-faced in the past. But I feel like as of recent, it's very much been like, own it, own it. And I'm really frustrated with Rena. Oh, same. I, I mean, you and I love Rena. I mean, I think I'll forever have a soft spot for her. But in how she's handled herself this season, it just comes across 
just bad. It's like, what, what's, what point are you trying to make? What are we not seeing? I mean, even her going after Garcelle when we saw that, yeah. that missing scene and it was unnecessary. I just, I don't, I don't know, Rana. You in danger, girl. She definitely is. But then it seems like everything's fine because Dorit, Kyle, Teddy, Rena, Dorit, Kyle, Teddy, Rena, and uh, Erica Jane, Erica, were all just hanging out like no big deal after the reunion. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, so I guess maybe everything's okay. I I love that the I, – I know everyone said this. I really do love the fourth wall, though, being – like, just being there, us being aware of it, knowing that they're talking to the producers, that the producers are talking to them. We talked about it with Ryan Bailey when he came on our podcast. I would love for them to do – instead of, like, secrets revealed, I would like to do, like, a making of and see what it takes to set it up. What – like, what do they do? What are they talking to the women about? When they get to where they need to be, like, we've seen Denise's text with – uh, Brandy that had been released. She's like, I start shooting at 1045. It's like, do you just show up? But is somebody like, I would love to know like what happens. And I feel like this is Beverly Hills is such an opportunity to do it because we all realize how fake and staged this particular season has been. Mm-hmm. Do you think Garcelle comes back? I don't. Cause she, so she's already so busy as it is. She barely, like, honestly, I was shocked that she held a diamond. I wonder if originally when they looked back at all the footage, they were going to have Sutton hold a diamond and maybe have Garcelle be a little bit more of a friend of only because Garcelle really missed a lot. And I know it was like because of work stuff. And she said, she told them until everyone knew like nobody attacked Garcelle for not really being at anything. It was like, they knew she was super busy, but now she's co-hosting the real. So when is she going to have time to shoot housewives? Yeah. But she- I think of Eileen was on soaps and Denise is on soaps. I think with soap, so uh, yes, they shoot like nonstop, but I think it's just a few hours a day. I just feel like she, if she's going to be pre- and they're not directing and like like writing films, yeah, I, think I don't she know. Comes back, and I I think she'll come back, and I think as she deserves it, I think she's going to leverage Denise's giant contract and saying that she wants to be paid whatever more and gets a spot back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And honestly, I feel like they have to bring her back. Yes. One, we all want, we want to see more of her. We liked her. But two, I'm just going to say it. They have no diversity on the show without her. Like, they need to bring in another person of color for sure. Oh, absolutely. But you, how bad would it look, though, if you fire the first black Beverly Hills housewife after one season? Oh, it would be pretty bad. No, I think she'll come back. I think she'll come back. And I would love to see someone like Black Hollywood, someone in her circle, be a friend of or something like that. I mean, come on, Bravo. Get it together. I mean, LA is a pretty diverse city. I feel like they of any place could pick to like just or like, oh my gosh, a professional athlete's wife. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Larsa was on Miami and I and she's up with the Kardashians tie. I mean, we see the Kardashians on Beverly Hills all the time. She should be on there. I don't know. I would love to see I would lo- I'd love to see someone who maybe um wasn't just like born into wealth. Like it seems like Kyle was, you know, she was acting at a young age. Um you know, I guess maybe Denise grew up in the Midwest, but it just seemed like Teddy. I would love to see like have like someone who maybe had like a little bit more humble beginnings, but is also diverse and has a different story. I also think like a no name is welcome. Like we all didn't know who Sutton like who Sutton is. Like it doesn't have to be another D-list, C-list actress. 
Like, I, I don't think we need any more of those on the show. We don't need any more acting. But yeah, they need a shake up. Bring back our cell. Give them just show us more stuff. I I honestly think too, as viewers, we'd be interested even just seeing more of their actual jobs and and things like that. I don't need a manufactured one storyline season. This yeah. is the third one that we've received. It started out with Pantygate, then Puppygate. I forgot about Pantygate, by the way. Pantygate, Puppygate, and now did they? Did they not? Lesbian Gate? I don't know what Kitty Kitty Gate. Kitty Gate. So many fucking gates. We're done with it. We're yeah, done with I it. I feel like this, yeah. I I think they're going to do a shakeup. I honestly, like, as much as it breaks my heart, I think we're going to lose a lot of our OGs. Like, I don't, I don't know if Kyle, well, yeah, I don't want to say OGs. Some of the ones who've been around for a while. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, like, I don't know if Denise comes back. There's rumors that she, you know, has $5 million. I bet, I bet she figures out a way to come back and that she gets Garcelle. A better deal now. Garcelle's on her side. Sutton's definitely coming back. I think they're just not going to film her kids, and they'll find a way to make her full time. I, I like Rena, Teddy, and Kyle. I think are all at risk. Teddy's definitely at risk. There's already been a rumor about her being fired, like a fake tweet, um, and the internet rejoiced. She just bought a house next door to Kyle, though. That's the only thing. So it's like, are they both fired? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Hopefully there's a cash shake up. But something that we hope to see more of and is our shout out for this week is the fourth wall. I We've seen more of it this year. A positive. One of the few positives of 2020. We've seen more of it this year than ever before. And I want to see a lot more of it. I even want the producers to be handled like other shows, like Family Karma, Million Dollar Listing. You kind of get to see the producers a little more. I want to see that producer who had that conversation with Denise. Why not give him a confessional? I want to know more. Like, just show us more of that. Just show us it all, Bravo. Like, let's not even filter and edit it. You know what? Times are tough with COVID. Honestly, how amazing would it be? I know you're not a Big Brother fan, which... You should be. It's amazing. But <laughs> if they did like a COVID safe style, like you know, make everyone quarantine for 14 days and did like a housewives all-star big brother, where basically they're all in this like big mansion, there's cameras everywhere, and we just see all of it. And there's no producers. Like they don't have producers. They have producers on Big Brother, but they don't have like people don't have their own personal producer. It would be wild. We'd see the women like their real faces because they're so damn dolled up. At least the Beverly Hills housewives. I'm speaking about Beverly Hills specifically. It would be amazing. It would be but, like you couldn't backtrack on stuff. I'm like that's not what I said because there'd be footage of it all. And we'd get the drunk moments. I know we've yes. I've complained a lot about it on New York a little bit only because it's been a well, lot. But I mean, New York's like blackout every night. Like I just like with Beverly Hills, they'll be like. Like uh, phone footage, and it's like they're being goofy and fun. Yeah. So I want to see more goofy, more fun. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some more good stuff. We're dwindling down on our housewives. I think it's confirmed that Orange County is coming back in October. New Jersey is currently filming. So we'll keep you all posted on any new Bravo content. But in the meantime, we're hanging on to Potomac, and thank goodness they are delivering. But stick around with us. We're still going to continue to have super, super fun episodes and fun content and collaborating with 
fun different podcasters that you listen to. We have a couple fun things up our sleeves. So to help support us and make this continue, um, allow us to continue to have these type of guests, please, please, please take a couple of seconds and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Thank you to those who've left us a rating. We always check it obsessively on our phone so we can always tell when the numbers have gone up. So thank you so much for doing that. And also, if you haven't already and you want to support us um, to help us grow, please, please consider going onto our Patreon page. We have some fun episodes there. We're going to start releasing more and more exclusive content there. So please check that out. And with all of that said, we will check you all next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.